You're listening to Radio DePaul. I'm Connor Mudd, and this is Tom Talks. Hello, and welcome to Tom Talks, the talk show where we totally talk Tom Cruise. I'm here today with a very special guest. They once snuck onto the set of the hit film adaptation of Nicholas Sparks' novel, The Last Song, starring Miley Cyrus. They are currently researching Chicago history for Chicago's PBS station, and they are distantly related to Ray Bradbury on their mother's side. Please welcome to the show Cameron Rodriguez. Cam, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, you know, uh, having having a grand old time, vibing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's cold outside, so I'm not going outside. Well, I, it makes me happy that this quarter is remote. The only reason, just because I don't have for the train or do anything. But well, welcome back to the Mission Impossible episodes of, of Tom Talks. Um, we, we've got a mission for you a little bit later, but I kind of want to talk to you. What are you doing with PBS? Yeah, so I actually just started pretty recently, but I'm working with um, WTTW, which is Channel 11 if you're in Chicago, and that's um, Chicago's PPS affiliate station. So I am a research assistant um, for, there's a, their flagship nightly news program, Chicago Tonight, has a segment called Ask Jeffrey, and it stars this guy, Jeffrey Bear, who is like the creator of like every like in-depth Chicago documentary ever. He used to be a uh, architectural boat tour guide. And then okay. someone at WTTW had seen him like give a boat tour and they were like, you are so good. You should work for WTTW. And that was like 20 years ago, I think, 30 years ago. And so he's been doing this for a while. Um, so I'm researching stuff for a show, which is super fun. Ooh, have you found any uh, fun Chicago history facts out in your research? Um, a lot of what I've been doing so far, well, I'm researching stuff for different segments. I know that this week, the brunt of my research has been into tiny garages in Chicago and uh, stables and stable ordinances. Um, but hmm. it, it's just been all over because it's it's um, viewer generated. So they'll send in questions and they'll be like, hey, like I went to this museum when I was in sixth grade and they talked about this thing. And I've been thinking about it forever. Like, could you research that and like tell me about it? And so that's what we do. And it airs every Thursday. Is that the same station that does Chicago's best, the the food show? I believe so. Yeah, they do a lot of different, like, see, like, Jeffrey's known the most for, like, um, Chicago by Boat and Chicago by L, which are, like, his, like, really long documentaries. But he also, like, there's also, like, um, Finding Your Roots, like, with um, Henry Louis Gates and I'm trying to think of just other shit, like, Rick Bayless, like, I don't know, just, like, cooking shows, all sort of, sorts of, like, public broadcasting, so. That's mm. an exciting research opportunity. Um what what is your ideal project to work on for them? Um, I think anything within my I guess like little pocket of Chicago history that I'm like super familiar with. So I'm really familiar with like 19th century hobby farms in Northern Illinois, which are farms that were 
created by these like rich guys who just literally just wanted a hobby. Uh, and ultimately they, I mean, some of them were extremely profitable, but a lot of them became forest preserves um, or like, I guess kind of like replica farms, like model farms um, and almost like a, attractions in and of itself. So that's something that I know a good bit of, about um, but specifically nuclear history, I think would be super fun and history of like industry within Illinois. I know a lot about that. So, so you mentioned, I don't care. Do we talk about you sneaking onto the set of the last song starring Miley Cyrus? Did we mention that last time? We didn't. I, I found the intro from last time. Um, and about how I tried to get the CIA to hire me, um, and how they did not hire me. But right, uh, yeah, no, I um, I did sneak onto the set of the last song while on vacation. It was filmed in Tybee Island, Georgia, and Savannah, Georgia, so like northern coast of Georgia. <laughs> sure. And yeah, we were just walking on the beach. It's not that big of an island, so we were just kind of like walking around, and there were all these trailers, so it was very obvious and very noticeable, and we just. Yeah, I mean, we, we just kind of walked around on set. We were like, why not? Like, it's right here. Uh, I did not get to meet Miley Cyrus, though. But Did you see her from a distance, a at after. least? No, unfortunately. Um, but I did. I have also been on the set of um, <laughs> Divergent, <laughs> which I feel like is kind of shameful a little bit. <laughs> and that one, I was actually like an in- invited guest to be there. So. <laughs> Oh, how did you get invited onto the set of Divergent? My dad's an architect and his client owned the lot that they were filming on. And I had, and this could also be a fun fact, I guess, like I had attended an open casting call to be an extra <laughs> for Divergent with my best friend at the time. And we just waited in line. It was like January. Like we waited in line. I thought that my like three years of Taekwondo experience and my knowledge of rock climbing would make me a very good candidate for uh, like being doing stunts. <laughs> sure. It was so bad. <laughs> they did not care. Um, I think I was in eighth grade or no, it was freshman year of high school. I'm not really positive. Um, but yeah, so then after that, my dad had kind of like his client had mentioned that they were filming and then he was like oh my daughter really likes divergent and then yes so we got to be on set um and i did get to meet like shailene woodley and the other ones (laughs) i actually yeah i don't even Uh, remember i don't remember many people from that movie i saw it half-heartedly there is a connection between mission impossible 3 and divergent though Maggie Q, who plays Jen in Mission Impossible 3, plays Tori in Divergent and Insurgent. (laughs) Did you get to meet Maggie Q? I did not get to meet Maggie Q. And I wish I had because I was also really into Nikita, like the TV show Nikita. And she is the star of that show. And I loved that show at the time. Um, And I still do. But yeah, I did not get to meet her. I got to meet Oh, Theo James, which was like a very big deal when I was a freshman in high school because I got to be like, I got to meet Theo James and everyone else was astounded. 
but yeah and I know exactly what scene it was they're like storming the I'm not gonna pretend like I don't know the name the storming the like abnegation village sure it was like one scene it was like one shot and I was like I was there but it got me really into production so that's great, though. Uh, we'll go into a quick little commercial break right now, and then when we come back, we are going to uh, play a game, which is another impossible mission. So stay tuned after this. This is Tom Scared for the Borgen Project. Each year, nearly two million children die from preventable diseases. Each day, 30,000 people die from hunger. 500 each hour are children. The Borgen Project is turning this around. We need your help. To learn more, go to borgenproject.org. That's B-O-R-G-E-N project.org. Biking in Chicago is more than just a mode of transportation. It's a lifestyle. It's convenient, affordable, and with 13,000 bike racks, parking is never a problem. But with every reward comes a sidecar of risk. In Chicago, over 1,700 cyclists a year are killed or injured in bike accidents involving motor vehicles. Bike safety is simple. First, become familiar with Chicago bike laws. Know your hand signals and when to use them. Love your brain. Get a bike helmet that fits your noggin and deck it out with a headlamp and some reflective gear for riding at night. Bike at least three to four feet away from parked cars to avoid being struck by a car door being opened. Motorists can do their part, too, by checking their side view mirrors for bike traffic before exiting their vehicle. Most importantly, remember that we're sharing the road. Looking out for both ourselves and each other is the only way to keep Chicago's roads safe, no matter what your wheels look like. For more information on bike safety in Chicago, visit www.chicagobikes.org. This public service announcement was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Radio DePaul. I'm Connor Mudd. This is Tom Talks. I'm here with Cam Rodriguez and we are about to start another impossible mission. As you know from my Mission Impossible episodes, I um, have a time limit for our game uh, and we generally will try to create something or make something or do something that's um, a little unconventional, try to beat the clock and uh, do something that's impossible. Today's mission is titled Restaurant Impossible. Today we are going to try and uh, basically come up with the full premise for a uh, Tom Cruise themed uh, like mid-level chain restaurant. So picture chi- uh, Chili's, Ruby Tuesdays, uh, Red Lobster, Outback Steakhouse. We want those vibes, but Tom Cruise themes. <laughs> so Cam, you and I are going to have to come up with um, the restaurant name, which I figure will come uh, towards the end of it all. Uh, as well as uh, the soups, salads, shareables, entrees, desserts, and beverages. Our mission, should we choose to accept it, is to come up with this Tom Cruise restaurant in 30 minutes or less. Are you prepared for this mission? I am so prepared for this mission. So, yeah, I'll, I'll share my screen with oh, the little Google Doc that we have where we'll come up with the, the soups and salads and stuff. I also will have my list of Tom Cruise movies and character names up if it ever pulls up, um, that way we can see both and that'll help us in coming up with things. Um, I figure the name will hit us as we, as we go through all of this, but is there any specific place you would like to start? Do you want to start with beverages or start with soups? Do you have any (laughs) inkling ideas? I thought, okay. I instantly thought about at least for a title, I don't, or like a restaurant name, I don't know how much I love it, 
but it was the like most low hanging fruit was just Tom's Diner in reference to the wonderful song by Suzanne Vega. <laughs> the do 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 And actually that, that plays into the ambiance. It's just that that section of the song over and over again. Just constant. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's def- that's a great jumping off point. <laughs> um I think we need to make something Scientology related in the in the restaurant as well. Um I don't okay. necessarily know where that would best fit, but I'm gonna pull up uh just for the the listeners, I'm gonna pull up a Wikipedia page of uh like Scientology's Wikipedia page, and then I'm just gonna because it's it's founded by L. Ron Hubbard. Right. I don't see like I think this is the perfect mission because I do like to cook. And I I you know what I would consider myself a foodie, but I feel like I've I've never had the unique challenge of having to create a Tom Cruise or Scientology related, you know, menu, uh, which I appreciate. I appreciate that. No? Yeah, I'm okay. What about Elron rhubarb pie? <laughs> I know Hubbard yes. and rhubarb are not the same thing, but <laughs> I don't even know I how to spell Elron. Well, there's so what's the name of the the planet that they think that? Um, hold on, it's like it starts an X, I think. Scientology planet is Xenu. Xenu. <laughs> Uh, okay um uh, what, i don't even know I'm like like I feel, I feel like there could be like a xenu margarita or something in the beverages which i'm gonna say right now the radio to is not condone the consumption of alcohol or whatever but um or joining cults <laughs> or joining cults i should have that disclaimer every episode uh oh okay they're like they're okay this is kind of cool so they have um I just to illustrate what I'm looking at, and I'll I'll send you a link as well. Um, there is a section on the Scientology Wikipedia page titled "Headquarters, Bases, and Central Organizations," um, and the names of them are pretty cool. So there's Saint Hill Manor, Flagland Base, Pack Base, Gold Base, uh, Tremontina Base, and then Flagship Free Winds. So maybe like a free winds themed something. Gold base also stuck out stuck out to me. Or uh, Trementina could be like Trementina. It could be like a a mint um, mint like a mint julep. Essence of mint. Yeah, sure. Trementina or like. Peppermint, like a peppermint milkshake, like a trementina. That sounds good. Spearmint milkshake, something like that. Spearmint? No. No, not spearmint. Like spearmint spearmint milkshake little... would be disgusting. Spearmint, spearmint would be intense. And I think intense is a good word to describe the uh, Church of Scientology. Um, oh, so, so far, the desserts are all Scientology. <laughs> I think consistency is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which means that the desserts need to have a fun Scientology name, you know? 
Yeah. Okay. I think, I don't know. I'm just, I'm scrolling for things that just stand out to me. Are, there are like, there are like tenets of Scientology, right? Like That sounds right. Um, there's the Sea Org. I forgot about the Sea Org. Um, Korg? So the Sea Org is oh. like Scientology's Navy. What? They have a Navy. Like, I don't know. If, yeah, you're here. Um, I'm on site, yeah. What on earth? Yeah. Why? <laughs> oh, they, they would like, they would hire hitmen. Like, they would put hits out for people, like, through the Sea Org. <laughs> what on earth? So maybe like what? a Sea, a Sea, Sir, org. <laughs> I think we could do maybe, maybe that. <laughs> the C would okay. it be Caesar or would it be the C org Caesar? No, that sounds better. I like that one. Yeah, that one sounds good. You know what? I'm gonna highlight the Scientology ones a different color. Um <laughs> Just to remind us what, or I'll, I'll make them, I'll make them blue. Oh my God. I, I really, you know, sometimes I find myself on the Scientology Wikipedia page and I just like forget how large of an organization it is. Um, and all of the different things that they do, you know? Oh, so many things. They have um, Able as well. I know this is becoming more Scientology than it is Tom Cruise, but... I feel like his outward facing persona has been so linked to, I don't know, to Scientology that it's, it's impossible to separate the two, you know? True, true, true. But the one that I'm looking at is Criminon in the programs, which is a rehabilitation program for prisoners sponsored by uh, the Church of Scientology. And my immediate thought is that it looks kind of like the word cinnamon, um <laughs> so criminon rolls <laughs> we'll put it in the we are not a cult dessert section <laughs> mm-hmm. criminon mm-hmm. rolls <laughs> okay okay uh <laughs> hmm. <laughs> what else could we do what else is in in scientology I'll dig. I'll dig through other, other uh, Tom Cruise, you know, Vanilla Sky. That that's an easy, you know. Oh yeah, that that could be a cocktail or a milkshake or a anything really. We're really good at coming up with desserts. I think. Yeah. Um, Is it just a bakery? Nah, we can. We'll find some <laughs> shareables yet. I didn't want to call them this appetizers. Is kind of, <laughs> this is kind of reminding me of like pick me up, you know, like I feel like this is like the pick me up menu. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, rhubarb pie. <laughs> um, so is it just what vanilla sky anything? Okay. Well, you could do like sky like the vodka. So add like another Y. Vanilla. So then sky. that's under the beverages section. Oh, that's sure. right. That's right. Um, Vanilla Sky. It's just a, it's it's a it's a vodka shot, shot that's it. like it somehow really confuses you. Maybe they they put like blue curacao or something weird in it. And again, Radio DePaul does not uh, endorse the consumption of alcohol. 
Um, but yeah, it, it's or maybe it's maybe it's like a vodka margarita or something really dumb. The like something you'd find at a Chili's. An Applebee's. I think right. okay. Um, we have we have risky business that could become crispy business if we're looking that for sounds, an entree. That sounds like a shareable platter that has like egg rolls and like um, chicken tenders on it. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I agree with that. Like, kind of just like um, yeah, egg rolls, like chicken tenders, fries, maybe like a weird cream cheese ragoon, like you know, um. Fries and rang one crab rangoon. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna replace chicken tenders with um because of how important the the egg is in the risky business movie. I'm gonna say a fried deviled egg. Ooh, or it could be like a scotch egg in the middle. Yes. Yep. That's exactly that's what a fried deviled egg is. Is a scotch egg. I guess. Yeah. Right. I guess you're right. <laughs> I was like, mm. they're basically the same. Um, that way, yeah, it has the like the the crystal egg, but it's the crispy egg. I like the way you think. <laughs> um, it's an appetizer platter. Um, what about I think Magnolia? there has. To, I honestly, you know, Magnolia is such a weird one as a movie because the, there's like frogs in it. Frog legs. I don't think we can serve frog, but like at, at an Applebee's, who's ordering the frog legs at an Applebee's? Probably Tom Cruise. Probably Tom Cruise. You're right. Uh, we'll add. Is that an appetizer? I mean, I think it would be a shareable. It's a shareable. Yeah, so it's an appetizer. The Magnolia they're, Frog. There's such. There's such a a connotative no a denotative difference between no 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 connotative difference between appetizer and shareable. I just I do like shareable there. But yeah, for because like you're never gonna see the word appetizer on uh, on an outback steakhouse menu. No, those are shareable. That blooming onion, that's yeah. a shareable. I feel like there could very easily be, if they have a brunch menu, there can be an interview with a vampire Bloody Mary. I think that'd be good. Um, what about wait wait wait? Is he in this movie? Lions for lambs. Ooh, lions for uh, lamb chops. <laughs> yes, in the entrees. Yes, soups isn't getting a lot of love here. I feel like we're not. I don't know. <laughs> well, soup. we've only got one salad too. <laughs> I'm gonna mm. so. I'm gonna in in desserts. I'm gonna put uh, e, uh cherries, uh or. What, how do I spell cherry? Cherry Jubilee Maguire. Um, <laughs> cherry Maguire, but Cherry Jubilee. Um, I used to have a, a shirt, and I know it was from Kohl's, like just specifically from Kohl's, and it was like a graphic tee, and it said, you had me at Jello, like Jello, and it was like two little Jello mold, like, things smiling at it. it was very 2012 like um making the list i wore it for multiple years add me at jello is it a dessert or is that a salad <gasps> it could be i feel like in this restaurant it would it could be a salad or we're bringing back the jello salads 
Those disgusting vegetable jellos. That's what it is. This is chaotic. Um... Okay, there's got to be like the American made burger, right? Yeah. That's, that's low hanging fruit, but we can add it because there has to be a hamburger and it's served with cocaine. <laughs> I feel like this entire episode is just going to be like a, a oh, yeah. slander suit. Like. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Radio Nepal does not endorse the use of cocaine. Um, but that's what the movie's about. It's about drug trafficking. <laughs> so that's important to mention. <laughs> yes. I you know, I should have mentioned that first. That uh American Made is a film specifically about drug trafficking. So we've gotta make that evident. What about okay, so you know, like when places try to do like those spicy like fries and they'll put like ghost pepper sauce on it. Yeah, ghost protocol. Right? The so so ghost protocol loaded fries with ghost pepper yeah, aioli. I like that one. That's very Applebee's or like a chili chili bees Fridays, you know, like that like Ruby Chili Bees Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> Like all of the, <laughs> all in one, um, yeah. Oh, let's see if I can spell what aioli about on my syndicate? first try. Can we do anything with the syndicate? <laughs> There's probably something with the syndicate, but we've already got a a, a criminon rolls joke, so we can't have syndicate <laughs> rolls. And is that? <laughs> okay. What about a soup? Sin types of soup i feel like we need a chowder that's like a very like like i would not no. order it not on a menu but i feel like it still needs to be there you know right okay i'm looking at i have a list of soups in front of me um actually i'm going to wikipedia because i feel like wikipedia has great lists that sometimes just feel very arbitrary, but you know what? Let's do it. I'm gonna have another hamburger. It's gonna because the burgers list is gonna be all of his like patriotic stuff. I think the Born on the Fourth of July burger is probably like a barbecue burger with like onions on it. I you know that one sounds good. I think that makes sense. Like, I feel like that would definitely be like a um, an Arby's like Baconator type vibe. Like you know, not necessarily. Or wait, that's Wendy's. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but you know, just like I feel like it would have it, it would be a little too much. But like in the context of this, it would be perfect. Right. There there'd be like it's it's chili, cheese, bacon, barbecue sauce. And you're like, do those all go together? Do they really? <laughs> the answer is no. Exactly. No, they don't. Okay. Oh, soups is hard. I'm looking at something we can do with the syndicate. Uh, um, hmm. This is proving to be more difficult than I anticipated. What if we? What if we do like an all the right moves matzo ball? So like all the right matzo balls? No, that's not. That's not good. That's nothing. All the all the right moves. You know, like, I don't hate that, but that's a dessert. <laughs> We're really good. We have put desserts. That's really good. Um, 
Which of these, which of these movies screams chowder to you? Because it can be a corn chowder or a clam chowder or whatever kind of chowder we want. I think we can do like like um, the color of money split pea, right? Yeah, probably. Color um, money split pea soup. <laughs> I'm pulling up his filmography again. Just I know you have it, but Tropic Thunder sounds like it could be either a soup or a drink. Yeah, that no, definitely. And we could have a non-alcoholic drink. It just sounds like it's just Hawaiian punch. Like, I mean, most places like this will have a pina colada. What if we did shattered glass? <laughs> Was he in that? No, he produced it. Dang. Okay. I, was gonna say I don't even know that. Shattered glass. Yeah, it's apparently a 2003 film about a scandal at the uh, magazine The New Republic. But I think he just produced it. He didn't star in it. No. Which is unfortunate, because if he did, then it could be just literally shattered glass as an entree. Yep. Um, I have another soup, though. Ooh. Minestrone report. <laughs> I like that one. I Because so far, we only have like three entrees. I think we need like a pasta dish. We've got like eight minutes left on our 30-minute timer. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> a pasta dish. Okay. Oh, wait. Edge of tamales. <laughs> I like that. I think that'll be good. Like, is there something with night and like day? It's... Not that I can think that of. Could be the, that could be the title of the restaurant. It could be like knife and day. That sounds like a, the name of like a really trendy, like River North, like West Loop kind of place, you know? Like It, it does not have um, Applebee's Chili's vibes. No, it doesn't. Um... Can we do something with the mummy? We could. I mean, yeah. So, so it's like Egyptian food, right? So, so we have like the mummy shawarma dish. I don't, there's like, no pun there. It's just, it's as disappointing. It's a wrap because it's a mummy. So the mummy shawarma wrap. I think the mummy would be good. I don't think they would sell shawarma at Applebee's. And for that reason, I think it would need to be like. <laughs> well, well, they have tamales and jello. Could it be a hot dog? Could it okay. be a corn dog? <laughs> yep. The mummy. Um... Alrighty. We have about we have exactly five minutes to go. Give five minutes and a couple seconds, that sort of thing. But two possible, which I feel like is a cop out, but we're so at the cop out stage. Mission impossible. And it's yes, and it is just any type of pasta and like any kind of sauce. There's no like no restrictions. Maybe it's like a soup of the day situation where you order it and you hope for the best. It could be lasagna. It could be rigatoni. Alternatively, it's just a tomato sauce because of Ethan Hunt, like the tomato sauce. It's sponsored by Hunt's. Made with Ethan Hunt's tomato sauce. Made with Hunt's Hold on. Hunt's tomato. <laughs> it's like an Epcot. Like everything's sponsored by something. 
Um, yeah. It could be like because Hunts. In all actuality, this is more similar to a Bubba Gumps, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, a themed chain restaurant where the menu is a little bit weird, but you don't question it. Right. Like you're like, I'll just figure out what to eat. Like there's, um, okay. I also, um, an alternate title, Jack in the Box, (laughs) because he plays so many characters named Jack. Now I feel like (laughs) Jack in the Box could also be three. (laughs) That's enough, you know, (laughs) that's too many. I want to do something with Interview with the Vampire with, uh, what's his face? Whoever he played. What's his name? But it starts with an L. Lestat? Yes. I don't know what, though. Let Lestat. Lestat. Oh, my God. And Rice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm, in, I'm into it. Oh, because it could be like a Lestat stir fry and rice. We can say and sure. instead of and. Sounds perfect. Start stir fry. Um, or with a side of and rice. That, that works. Yeah. Yeah. Um because okay, we what currently we only need? have we have two soups, we have two salads. So we could use an extra salad, we could use an extra soup. I think we could use one more shareable and maybe one more cocktail. Um Okay. Okay, let's uh, see. What, what about like eyes wide shiitake mushrooms? But is that a shareable? Does that fit anything? I mean, it's just like a bunch of like shiitake mushrooms just all together hanging out, you know, like this. <laughs> just raw, just sitting on a plate. <laughs> um, I think so. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put far end a wagyu beef. That's good. That one's good. I don't even know what it is, but it's there. It's beef. I feel like it's another burger. What can we do with like Fallout or Rogue Nation? There might be another another like shareable type thing, right? Like Rogue Nation cocktail shrimp or something. But I don't. Mm. That's I, I, there's nothing. Well, no, there's nothing could, with that. Wait, you could just do cocktail shrimp. Like shrimp cocktail, like the movie cocktail. <laughs> Why didn't we put any cocktails from cocktail in the cocktail section? I don't. Are there any cocktails from cocktail that we put in the cocktail section? They make they make I've all never of them. Seen cocktail. Oh my god, it's so good! You've well, got to watch it. Then you could you could put like at, in the beverage section like any drink from. The 1988 film Cocktail. <laughs> like, yep. Um, <laughs> and, you know, um, the beverages section is now going to be called uh, what the name of the bar is. Flanagan's Cocktails um, and Dreams. That's the name of the bar in the, in the movie. Uh, I think that should be the name of the restaurant. <laughs> you think we should call it Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams? Yeah, I'm down for I that. I do. I really. <laughs> um, I think that would be good. Oh, that was the timer. <laughs> that, that was our time going off. Okay, so uh, our final product we have 
Um, we're landing, we're finishing a, a Tom's Diner, also known as Jack in the Box, also known as Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams with two soups. So the, the Color of Money split pea soup, the Minestrone Report, uh, the Sea Org Caesar, you had me at Jello Salad, <laughs> Crispy Business Appetizer Platter, Magnolia Frog Legs, <laughs> Ghost Protocol Loaded Fries, Cocktail Shrimp, Lions for Lamb Chops, Amer- the American-made burger, the Born on the Fourth of July burger, the Far and a Wagyu beef burger, uh, Edge of Tamales, the Mummy. <laughs> we forgot to put what that was. Uh, it was a corn dog, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mission Impossible. <laughs> um, Lestat stir fry with a side of Anne Rice. The Elron rhubarb pie, <laughs> trim Tina <laughs> spearmint milkshake, criminon rolls, <laughs> cherry jubilee McGuire, <laughs> uh, all the right mousse. Uh, then the vanilla sky vodka shot, interview with the vampire Bloody Mary, and any drink from cocktail. This is a phenomenal menu. <laughs> I'm proud of it. <laughs> I'm I'm really happy with this. I you know. I'm glad we didn't do anything with the firm or taps. <laughs> it would have just not been good. Oh, we could have done taps tapas. Mm, nah, it's perfect the way it is. It's, <laughs> you know, did we accomplish our impossible mission? I think we did. I really do. I feel satisfied. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty good about this. Oh, I, our next mission, I'll, I'll try to make it, I'll make it different. I'll make it I'll make it intense. We'll do something I was going to say we'll make a crossword puzzle, but that feels too intense. Cuz if every theme had to be like action movie themed, that'd be too tricky. And also not I good audio would, content. Yes. Yeah, I think that'd be difficult. I don't know. But you know, this mission, this mission was solid. But yeah, th- thank you for for uh, embarking on this restaurant impossible mission with me. <laughs> I like how it ended up. I would go, I would eat here. I would be a regular at this bar. Um, and once again, just for the record, Radio DePaul does not condone uh, the consumption of alcohol or cocaine or Scientology. We're, we're not affiliated with any of it. They're going to find this, you know. <laughs> They're going to find oh, it. <laughs> they s- certainly are. going to come knocking on your door <laughs> they're gonna swim up the chicago river they'll be there yep waiting you know if i die the sea org got me <laughs> oh um, well thank you so much for coming on the show um we'll bring you back again uh, uh and, and you know i think next on the broadcast is a uh is a uh song i don't know what song it is but uh stay tuned after this song uh from i think it's uh shaka khan Uh, so stay tuned after this shaka khan song hello and welcome back you're listening to radio depaul i'm connor mudd this is tom talks and you just heard tell me something good by rufus featuring shaka khan very strange pick for the song today but it was featured in the movie we're talking about which is of course mission impossible 3 so let's get going with a little bit of a synopsis fast facts fun facts and data breakdown so this movie is 
honestly one of my favorite of the of the Mission Impossible films because its plot is a little bit uh, darker. So let's get into it. Ethan Hunt has retired from field work for the IMF. He instead trains new recruits while settling down with his fiancée, Julia Mead, who is a nurse who is unaware of Ethan's true job. He's approached by IMF Assistant Director of Operations, John Musgrave, about a mission to rescue one of Ethan's protégés, Lindsay Ferris. Lindsay was captured while investigating arms dealer Owen Davian. Musgrave has already prepared a team for Ethan, Declan Gormley, Jen Lee, and his old partner, Luther Stickle. The team rescues Lindsay in Berlin and collects two damaged laptop computers. As they flee, Ethan discovers an explosive pellet implanted in Lindsay's head. Before he can disable it, it kills her. IMF director Theodore Brassel reprimands Ethan and Musgrave. Ethan learns that Lindsay mailed him a postcard before her capture and discovers a magnetic microdot under the stamp. IMF technician Benji Dunn recovers enough data from the laptops to determine Davian will be in Vatican City to obtain a mysterious object codenamed the Rabbit's Foot. Ethan plans a mission to capture Davian without seeking official approval. Before leaving, he and Julia have an impromptu wedding at the hospital's chapel. The team infiltrates Vatican City and captures Davian. On the return flight, Ethan threatens to drop Davian from the plane as he interrogates him about the Rabbit's Foot. But Davian refuses to reveal anything. After landing, Ethan learns that the microdot contains a video of Lindsay warning that Brassel is seemingly working with Davian. The convoy taking Davian across the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel is ambushed by mercenaries who extract Davian. Realizing Julia is also in danger, Ethan races to Julia's workplace, only to discover that she has already been kidnapped. Davian calls Ethan and gives him 24 hours to recover the rabbit's foot in exchange for Julia's life. Before Ethan can, he is captured by the IMF. Musgrave takes part in Ethan's interrogation. He discreetly mouths that the rabbit's foot is located in Shanghai and assists Ethan in escaping. Ethan is declared an enemy of the state and placed on Interpol's most wanted list. Ethan secretly travels to Shanghai, where Declan, Jen, and Luther, sent by Musgrave under the guise of another operation, assist him in acquiring the rabbit's foot. He delivers the rabbit's foot to the meeting point, and Ethan is tranquilized. When he comes to, a microexplosive is implanted in his head. Restrained, Ethan sees Davian holding Julia at gunpoint, gagged to a chair. Despite Ethan asserting that he brought the real rabbit's foot, Davian shoots Julia and leaves. Musgrave arrives and reveals himself as the IMF traitor. He explains that Julia is still alive, and the woman killed was Davian's head of security disguised as Julia, executed for failing to protect him in Vatican City. The ruse was to confirm the authenticity of the rabbit's foot. He arranged for Davian to acquire the rabbit's foot and sell it to a terrorist group so that IMF could have reason to launch a preemptive strike to increase American military presence in the Middle East. When Musgrave lets his guard down, Ethan knocks him unconscious. He frees himself and uses Musgrave's phone to track the last call's location to find Julia. With help from Benji on the phone, he locates the place but encounters Davian and some of his henchmen. Ethan kills the henchmen, but Davian arms the explosive in Ethan's head. Ethan fights and kills Davian. He comes back to free Julia, and Jerry rigs an impromptu defibrillator to deactivate the explosive. Julia fights off and kills a henchman, then Musgrave, who is carrying the rabbit's foot. She resuscitates Ethan, who explains his true IMF career to her. Back in the U.S., Brassel and the others congratulate Ethan as he leaves for his honeymoon with Julia. And that's the movie. This is a pretty interesting one because it gives Ethan Hunt some depth. It gives him a 
full romantic interest, someone that he can lose, some powerful emotional connection to someone that he doesn't necessarily have in the other movies. It's also arguably one of the best directed and best acted Mission Impossible films. It's probably the one with the most uh, cinema-like qualities if you want to get all film bro on me. With that, we'll talk a little bit about the fast facts because I actually really like all the fast facts of this one. The, the director for this movie was J.J. Abrams. This was actually his uh, feature film directorial debut. He'd done short films and little projects before this, but this was his first feature-length film. Uh, of course, you know him from Lost, Star Trek, Star Wars. You know, J.J. Abrams, a very popular director. It was written by uh, Alex Kurtzman, uh, Robert Orsi, and J.J. Abrams, who all also helped on Star Trek, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Legend of Zorro, Transformers, a Hawaii Five-0, Fringe, uh, and uh, a little-known classic, Cowboys and Aliens, which nobody really liked, but, you know, that's fine. Uh, so definitely very solid action movie production behind it because they know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing when it comes to action films. And the cast is phenomenal. So Owen is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, which this, of course, is his second movie with Tom Cruise. You'd know him from uh, Capote and Hunger Games and Moneyball, but Magnolia is when he was last with Tom Cruise. Uh, Luther, of course. Everyone remembers Luther Stickle. Ving Rhames, who is my favorite in... Lilo and Stitch, honestly, as, as Cobra Bubbles. Musgraves is played by Billy Crudup. Terrible name. Uh, but he is in uh, Almost Famous, Watchmen, Big Fish, and Justice League. He plays Barry Allen's father. Julia is played by Michelle Monaghan from... Uh, her resume is a little sad. Pixels and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Declan is played by John Reese Myers, who's in The Twelfth Man, Vikings, Mortal Instruments, City of Bones, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Lindsay Ferris is played by Carrie Russell, phenomenal actress uh, from Waitress, uh, August Rush, those kind of movies. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the broadcast that Jen was played by Maggie Q, who is in Divergent and Balls of Fury. Benji, this is the first Mission Impossible film with Benji, and that's so exciting for me because it's Simon Pegg's Mission Impossible debut. He was in Shaun of the Dead, Star Trek, Hot Fuzz, that kind of stuff. And actually, someone asked him in an interview when he was doing... Um, press for Shaun of the Dead. Someone asked if he was looking to get into Hollywood as a business rather than just making small independent films. And he responded, well, I'm not going to be in Mission Impossible 3. Lo and behold, he was. And he, he did a great job in it, so much so that he became a recurring character for the rest of the series. So stay tuned for our next one. We'll talk more about Benji. Uh, Brownway was played by Eddie Marson, who was in Snow White and the Huntsman and Atomic Blonde. Uh, and then Theodore Brassel, the, the big head of IMF, was played by Lawrence Fishburne. You know him from Blackish and The Matrix and Ant-Man and the Wasp. I just love that this movie has both Lawrence Fishburne and Ving Rhames. That's so much powerful energy. And I love both of those actors, respectively. I do believe that Lawrence Fishburne's character was replaced with Alec Baldwin a little bit later. Not the same character, but in the same role, you know, the same way that uh, M switches in James Bond. It, it went from Lawrence Fishburne to Alec Baldwin. And I think that was a step down, but that's besides the point. Some fun facts. Uh, I always like to talk about the actors who were given a chance to be in this movie and decided to not be in this movie. Um, 
in this one, the fun ones are Scarlett Johansson, Ricky Gervais, and Kenneth Branagh. They were all considered for various roles uh, throughout the film. This was the first film to release on DVD, HD DVD, and Blu-ray simultaneously, which is, you know, I guess pretty cool. So this is actually the eighth consecutive Tom Cruise movie to gross over $100 million um, in its lifetime. It is a very impressive hot streak that ends after this film, um, but starting with Mission Impossible 2. So Mission Impossible 2 to Mission Impossible 3, all of them were smash box office successes. Uh, the lowest of which was Collateral, which made $101 million. And saying that's the lowest is wild. But immediately after this, he does Lions for Lambs, which grosses only $15 million. Uh, and it breaks a really impressive streak, which is disappointing because Tropic Thunder picks it right back up. But that's, you know, that's Mission Impossible 3. It's a pretty solid film. We can go into a little bit of a data breakdown. As you know, I rate all these movies on enjoyment, engagement, quality, iconography, and the Tom Cruise factor. This movie is pretty high uh, on all of these. The, I really I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Uh, got a 13 there. Engagement quality were both 15s. Iconography, this is a fairly iconic Mission Impossible uh, in the scheme of things. Not quite as iconic as the original Mission Impossible, but because it has Philip Seymour Hoffman and there's some epic chase sequences over rivers and with boats and that kind of stuff, it's fairly iconic. And J.J. Abrams really helps with that because it is J.J. Abrams' directorial debut. So it's very iconic. And all the Mission Impossibles have a perfect Tom Cruise factor because what's more Tom cruise than a Mission Impossible movie? It's really, it's hard to get that perfect 20 without being Mission Impossible or Top Gun, which pretty much automatically get it. But yeah, so this on the whole is rated a 79 out of 100, which is one of the highest we've seen. Um, we've had a few in the 80s, like like the initial Mission Impossible was an 89, so it's about 10 below the original Mission Impossible, but that's still really impressive in regards to everything else. This does also end the little stretch of movies where it's just really top quality uh, Tom Cruise, where we have a stretch in the 70s. This is the last of four movies, starting with Last Samurai, where it's like, these are good action movies that aren't like ex exceptionally campy, that have really good gritty action to them without sacrificing story structure or anything else like some of his other action films do. So this stretch, sorry, so this last stretch of movies are all films that I recommend to people who like action movies but aren't as into the large-scale, grandiose intensity of you know, a Marvel cinematic universe or trying to get into James Bond, which is so difficult nowadays because there's so many. Even though one of these is a sequel, I think it stands alone really well. And these four movies, Last Samurai, Collateral, War of the Worlds, Mission Impossible 3 are all among Tom Cruise's best action movies that stand alone. But yeah, that's, that's all the time that we have for today. Tune in next week when we're talking about Lions for Lambs, which is one of my least favorite movies. And as always, stay gold, pony boy. <laughs>